You're listening to Playback, a Variety podcast. I'm your host, Variety Awards editor Chris Tapley. We have Luke Basson in the studio today. He has a new film, Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets, which I thoroughly adored. And uh, it's an eye-popping, immersive experience. It's the result of a childhood passion. Uh, he's also, obviously, the legendary filmmaker behind movies like La Femme Nikita and Leon the Professional. And we're very happy he could find the time for us today. Luke, thanks for coming on the show. You're really welcome. Uh, it is an immersive experience. I, as I was telling you beforehand, I was close to the screen, and usually I don't like that. But this time, I was just I loved every inch of the screen. It was wow, a wonderful so 3D experience, and uh, all of your passion came through. So congratulations on the film. Thank you. I want to start, though. Uh, I mentioned The Professional there. I just wanted to say on a personal note, that movie was very seminal for me. Uh, it's, I, you know, worshipped it <laughs> when I was a kid and a budding film enthusiast. And, and I hope you know just the impact that that movie had on budding filmmakers and film enthusiasts. Uh, and killers. <laughs> Perhaps as well, indeed, yeah. It's, uh, it, it was just such a, a wonderful film. And, uh, you know, and, and speaking of which, uh, you know, regarding up-and-coming filmmakers, I, I you know, was curious because uh, the film school over in Paris, the, the Louis Lumiere Film School that, that's on your campus at Cité du Cinema, it's, uh, I'm just curious what kind of interaction you have with the young students there. Oh, I see them uh, once in a while. As soon as we have a film shooting there, we they are always invited. We usually take five students per day for like two, three days in a row, and then I, they have to debrief the five others who will come. Mm-hmm. I tell them, you have to tell them what did you learn during the three days, so the experience will go on and go on. So... The, the film school is free from charge. Mm-hmm. You need to have between 17 and 24 years old. You don't need a diploma. And it's once a year. We have a big, big uh, application. We just, by the way, finished uh, two days ago for the new se- in the new season. Mm-hmm. Uh, 9,000 people applies, and then we take 60. Wow. So it's free of charge, no diploma, but you need talent. You need guts. You need to be ready to die for a film. Mm-hmm. And then you're in. <laughs> it's fantastic. Well, I asked that question just because you've obviously you have a history of uh, helping out filmmakers and producing new talent and everything. So I'm just very curious about your your relationship with those students. What do you learn from them? What do you think the future of filmmaking is when you look at those students? It, it's always interesting to I, I learn a lot from them too. I, I try to share my my experience, but their freshness, you know, the way they see things, they are born with internet mm-hmm. and with an, an iPhone or you know a portable phone I, I didn't mm-hmm. when I was 10 years old or 12 or 15 I have my little comic book with Valerian in it two pages every week mm-hmm. no TV at home and, and then later when I was 15 there's one channel in black and white so I'm very curious to see these young people and the way they express themselves with these new tools. And they don't have the same way of doing it. And I'm, I'm, I learn from that. I say, oh, my God, yeah, I will never think about telling the thing this way, but that's interesting. <laughs> and on the other hand, I try to 
give a bit of my experience so they don't lose too much time. Mm-hmm. There's things who never work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's better that they don't lose time to experience it. Mm-hmm. And the, the basic, but I'm never, I never talk about what they want to say, mm-hmm. you know, because that's unique. It belongs to you. And I never complain about that. It's whatever you say, you still have few things to learn to, you know, to, to make it understandable. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what I, I try to communicate. And as I said, as as a producer, you've helped to guide a, a few new voices in your time and, and now your relationship with these students. What kind of importance do you place personally on that, on being a patron for younger generation of artists and filmmakers? I, I started at 17 years old, and if a bunch of people didn't help me at the beginning, I won't be here. Yeah. And I think it's just my duty to do the same for the people coming. So it, it's very natural for me. They mm-hmm. did it for me. I have to do it for the others. Mm-hmm. That's all. So I'm, I'm just sharing. Yeah. Well, uh, and also speaking of Cité du Cinema and, and uh, speaking of the professional, Natalie Portman was back with Jackie with the yeah. production there. I mean, that must have been great to have her back there. It was uh, honestly insane for me. <laughs> Because every morning I arrived and I'm shooting Valerian and every morning on the corridor I see Natalie Portman in Jackie in pink with her with her hat saying hi Luke <laughs> and I was like I was like oh, almost like I have a heart attack every morning <laughs> because she was 12 during the fifth element and yeah. just <laughs> and she really looked like Jackie yeah. really looked like her and it was like confusing every morning. It, it takes me like 20 minutes to get back on, on the work and track. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, just seeing her career blossom over the last 20 years, uh, what did you think just watching that happen? I'm sure maybe you knew that she was destined for great things. but I, I, I definitely uh, knew that she was talented. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not totally surprised. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because... I have the feeling to be the lucky one to meet her when she was young and you know I she was talented already so I was just lucky to find her in fact yeah we had her on the show last year actually to talk about Jackie uh, what did your childhood um, growing up scuba diving out there on the sea and everything uh, this is a strange question but I just thought of it earlier just how do you think that might have affected uh, how you see the world, what kind of an aesthetic you became attracted to as a visual artist, because it's a unique way to grow up, to be out on the sea, to be diving, to be, it's it's a it's an interesting free lifestyle out there with the dolphins and everything. Like, what do you think that did for your sense of visual aesthetic? Oh, I think it bring me everything. First, the, um, you know, when you, when you're a kid and the first. Toy Store is at 200 kilometers and the only little boys that you see around are not speaking your language because they're speaking Greek and that you have no shoes for almost two years because you're you know, on the beach all the time you see the world differently and when you want to play you just grab a rock and a piece of wood and then it's uh, Indians and cowboys and you're playing and, and an hour later it's a spaceship and aliens mm-hmm. And and later it's you know Second World War and it's the militaries and and it could be a horse and then it could be a pig mm-hmm. after. 
your imagination is doing the job because you have no internet, no TV, nothing to help you. So my imagination at the time developed itself and and it's like a muscle. So I'm, I'm so lucky now that I have this muscle because I have it since the beginning. But this muscle comes because my family was not so rich. So it's very funny to, to think that putting a child in, in condition were not so good uh, at the end helps him a lot mm-hmm. for what he chooses. So that's the first thing. And, and in the same time, you're not polluted also by what the others are doing. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time I, my, my first film, uh, there's a, my first article in the newspaper and I read it and I said, oh my God, there's a paper about me <laughs> and my film. The guy mentioned three films that I was inspired by that I've never heard. <laughs> so I literally bought a VHS you know, machine mm-hmm. and I rent the three films <laughs> to watch them because that's, if it's my influence, I have to see it at <laughs> least. So I think in a way, you're very, you're very fresh because you, you're not polluted at all but what the others have done. Yeah. So it's not better or worse. It's just at least it's different. It's, it's new. It's fresh. Yeah. And, and I cher- cherish that a lot, in fact. When I tried to go to the film school when I was uh, 18 years old, they just say no. So it's okay. I couldn't go to the school, so I tried to go on set and, and learn my job from, from the set. Mm-hmm. And one more time, it was a very uh, positive move. Not so positive at the moment. I was very sad. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it helps me a lot, in fact. And on, on the aesthetic... I think I was very close to, when I was young, to the nature, to the sea, the rocks, the sun, you know, the blue of the sky, the blue of the sea, and and the natural beauty of the elements. And that inspired me a lot, in fact. A lot. That seemed to come out a little bit in the uh, opening sequence of this film, yeah. I feel. I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, but... Just knowing your childhood and what you must have seen on a day-to-day basis to see this idyllic society, this idyllic seaside society, it—it's something I thought of when I saw that. That's why that was exactly how I see the world when I was eight years old. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, Well, you know, you found your way to filmmaking through photography, I believe. You were a photographer, and and uh, you know, often a movie begins with just an image. Like you have an idea, an image pops in your head, and the movie springs from that. Obviously, Valerian is based on uh, a comic book series. So, being that that's a graphic format, was there a specific frame or a particular image from the Valerian comics that was sort of the beginning of you wanting to make a movie out of it? Was there like a particular... No, honestly, it comes from the characters yeah. first. The storytelling, the characters, that, that was my real concern. But when I start working on the film, visually... I obviously went back to the albums. There's 29 albums. And there's a couple of images that, for me, strike me. Like, this is a movie already. Just mm-hmm. this uh, the little case, you know, this little frame. Mm-hmm. 
And actually, I think there's probably three or four where it's exactly the image of the comic book, but like exactly mm -hmm. the same angle, the same framing. So there's almost like 2,800 shots, so it's only four of them. <laughs> But at least when they when you know when it grabbed me, then then I do exactly the same. Yeah, uh, you mentioned about the characters being important. I mean, the next step then is casting. So, uh, how did you go about casting Valerian and Loreline? What, what were the characteristics uh, that were important to you in these characters that uh, you wanted to make sure were embodied by your actors? And then, what was it about Dane and, and Kara that? The thing is, I I know. Valerian and Laureline since 35 years mm -hmm. so I know them by heart so it's pretty easy because I just have to meet actors and actresses and I will recognize uh, you know at a certain point I will say oh that's Valerian for sure mm -hmm. so it's not specifically something it's more like a feeling but definitely in terms of uh, of Dane is, is is first a very good actor an excellent actor His blue eyes, his charm, his smile, the tone of his voice. You know, like, after like 10 minutes, I knew it was him, for sure. Mm -hmm. And I was scared after 10 minutes. I said, oh my God, if he say no, I won't be able to erase his, his image from my head. And then, fortunately, he read the script and he said, yeah, it's good, let's make it. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool and suave. Yeah, Kara... Same shock as soon as I met her, say, Oh, yeah, that sh she could be a real good Laureline. Two things were playing against her her little, slightly British accent, <laughs> <laughs> but it you know, you just have to work on it. And the second thing is, I didn't know because at the time she had not played in any films when I choose her. So I didn't know if she was able to play. So the process was longer because I've seen her a few times. And then at a certain point, I'd say, okay, let's work. And then I did a lot of exercise. I torture her a lot. <laughs> and just to measure, you know, how how far she can go. And, and then I discovered that she's a natural born actress. In fact, she's not a model. Mm -hmm. In fact, she's a model by hazard. You know, she met a guy and she said, yeah, why not? But I think she's she's made to make films, honestly. And mm -hmm. I think she, she will, uh, she's at the beginning of a long career. Uh, as I mentioned at the top, this was a childhood dream for you, obviously. You really wanted to make this movie, and, and for years you were trying to figure out how to do it. What were the major roadblocks from keeping this from happening along the way? Uh, first, the technology. Mm-hmm. The film is possible since Avatar. Mm -hmm. it, it was not possible before. Uh, Cameron pushed all the limits, and, and then suddenly he can do Avatar, and then we can do also other films. Yeah, you know because of him. And uh, is that? And don't be afraid of specifics here, because I'm very curious just to drill down on that issue. Like, is it about the environments and rendering of those? Is it about the performance capture elements? Performance just capture environment is just like everything together at this level mm -hmm. like you can really believe that a navi is real mm -hmm. you know and that was new 
we have not seen that before for me and the way the camera of of James was were, were, was free he can really do any kind of shots anywhere you know it looks like you know endless possibility for the camera to move you know it's just not, not just like like when I did the fifth element most of the shots the camera was locked and then you can't move and you can't do anything mm-hmm. in Avatar you see shots on shoulder cameras on shoulder you're with the people you're with the Navi the monster is the thing you're in the middle of it and that was new that was new and fresh mm-hmm. and you cannot do Valerian if you don't have this kind of possibility mm-hmm. so and it's also just the fact that he have done it and then you he was kind enough to invite me on the set one day and and then that's where you realize and say oh, okay so if you're prepping a lot if you're patient then it's you you can maybe do it you know he, he shows me that it was a human size you know because before it was almost like impossible to do you know mm-hmm. what was it like being on that set with him and, and seeing him work on Avatar it was very um, it was I think probably a small day but very casual and very uh it was so good because it makes it was a human size. You, he was, you know, taking the camera, things, some indication to people. It was not crazy or anything. It was very, very prep. You can tell how prep it was. How the technicians were on the back with the, all the computers it doesn't bother him. He can really create the shots he wants, and it was pretty uh, soft. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't look like. He's doing like something. Oh my God! It's gonna be amazing. It, it just looked like a normal, casual, casual, you know, boulangerie. The guy goes down and take the, take the the floor and the water and then doing the bread and you know, right? It, it doesn't look so, so impossible, right? And that helps me a lot because he basically kind enough to make you believe that you can do it too. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> did he happen to come to the Valerian set? Did you were you able to bring him out there? No, he, he he was of, of course invited, but I think he's he's spent a lot of time in in his submarine. <laughs> yeah, he's always <laughs> always out there adventuring. Oh, you guys might ha- I maybe have something like in common there with with. Oh the, no, we know each other since almost twenty years. Yeah, because he's a, he's a big diver and yeah, and uh, I'm not as big as him, but I I spend many many years underwater so every time we see each other half of the conversation is about the fish (laughs) (laughs) that's good Uh, Rutger Hauer has a small role in this uh, at the beginning I I love this opening sequence that kind of shows the uh, let's just say how the city of a thousand planets comes to be and uh, it was just great seeing his face and and hearing his voice Uh, what made you seize on him to to oh it was really an homage to uh, Blade Runner. To Blade Runner. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's an alien who I've seen so much in Blade Runners, and, and now he's the president of Federation in Valerian, <laughs> and I think it was giving him an honor to, you know, to honor him mm-hmm. as an alien. <laughs> yeah. Now, are you, I, I feel like... It's I a very small part, but uh, it was just for the for the pleasure. Yeah, well, it's great. And, and, and to, to give an homage to, uh, to Ridley Scott, is, uh, which is a, lovely man so 
Regarding that, uh, we were just talking a moment ago how uh, your influences are kind of outside the realm of films. Uh, I'm curious about that. I mean, is that still true, or do you become inspired by movies that you see? No. Not at all. So you're still very much a self-contained thing. And I think that when people think that, it's because there are too much in. Mm-hmm. They watch too much films. Mm-hmm. So then, then they make the relation about the color, the shape, or the frame, or the because they see too much films. Mm-hmm. So of course they they used to, you know, see the points, but I don't at all. I mean and if except for example like the homage to Blade Runner, that that's that's I that's will. Yeah, it's yeah. will, but the rest and even God knows how I love Star Wars and Avatar and these films, but for me, there's not even one frame who's coming from... And I have 29 albums to get inspired. Yeah. So I don't need... And the last four years, I've not seen not one single sci-fi film for the last four years on purpose. To stay pure. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't want to... Otherwise, you see things, and even if it's not conscience, consciously... Mm-hmm. You know, in the back of the shape or the rhythm or something or color, and and then you get influenced, and and then you're not new anymore, you're not fresh anymore. Yeah, that reminds me of uh, something. A film school buddy of mine, Travis Beecham, he wrote the film Pacific Rim, and he said that he doesn't get bogged down in movies, is how he put it. He you know reads literature. He he get he he finds his inspiration outside of moving images. Which uh, you know, it speaks to your point, I guess. You want to. It's very important. If you if you if you're looking to your food in other films, the food have been digested by another creator already. Mm-hmm. So you're recycling things, and it's bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to take your food outside the trees, the people, the vegetables. The, no matter what, the sky, the clouds. Mm-hmm. You know the old people in the, in in the the garden, whatever, mm-hmm. and on the restaurant, on the fast food, on the bus station, on the subway, mm-hmm. on the green light, on the you know red light when you watch the guy next to you and and you see the the life in the car, mm-hmm. and then you listen to classical music, da da da, and on the other car they just like fighting like crazy, but you don't hear anything. But you can see that there's like another, there's a huge, huge drama on mm-hmm. the car just next to you. They screaming and things, and and you try to figure out what is the subject because you don't hear it. That's already, you know, that's that's an inspiration. Yeah, and it, it's everywhere. So why to watch a film to get inspired? Yeah, you that's know? a very important point. I think few yeah. few budding filmmakers really consider that they. They can become too influenced. Um, I watched The Fifth Element again last night, just before we were going <laughs> to do this. And oh my god, uh, it holds up. <laughs> yeah, it's, still <laughs> it's a fantastic there. movie. Yeah, uh, what, what was interesting to me is just that world of that film was such a practical effects, uh, tangible, tactile. Everything was pretty much there. Uh, the world of Valerian, far more CG heavy. Uh, certainly, you have practical elements that you bring in as well. But it's a it's a different movie in that way. Uh, so I'm just curious: Do you miss tinkering with the no, practical? Not at no, all. You're, oh, no. You're a kid oh, in a candy store me. with CG. No, believe me, it was a nightmare to do. Yeah. So it was so long; nothing works. And no, I, I really don't regret it. <laughs> but what's interesting is, 
in Valerian, for example, the aliens, there is always part of the costume who is real. Mm-hmm. So you have the actor. I can do my job because my job is to directing the actors. So I, I have this part. And the alien look, looks weird because he has a part of the costume, but not entirely. So it's never like a pure CG Mm-hmm. Like the dog and daggies, for example, the three little stooges, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. we build them. So I have three in my house. They are like five foot tall. Okay. Four warn, foot. warn people before they come over that they're going to see these. Yeah. <laughs> so I have the three, but they're real. You can touch the skin. You see the hair on their on their ears. You you know, like they they really perfect. So when we're shooting, for example, I have three actors on their knees. You know, and they grace you to his dots everywhere. But as soon as the shot is finished, we take them out and we pull the, the real three dog and daggies. And now every light effect on their skin is visible. Mm-hmm. And that's what they reproduce after in CG. And that's why it looks so real. Mm-hmm. Because they don't invent the light on it. Right. That's the real light on the real dog and daggies. Right. Same for the Catrons, the big robots. Mm-hmm. As soon as you put them on the corridor, because they're very, very uh, shiny, you see all the light reflecting. So the CG people doesn't have to invent it. They just have to, you know, tra- track the real one to put back on the on the thing. So it's very interesting because it's a, it's a real mix. Yeah. It's not like a pure CG where after a while you, you see it or it's really a mix. And sometimes it's real. Mm-hmm. And you... And you you all messed up. Like there's some aliens, the entire costume is real, and just the head is fake. Mm-hmm. But you don't miss at all. The uh, no, not at all. <laughs> That's funny because some filmmakers, you know, the nostalgia of practical elements uh, would would adore that. But uh, no, because for me, the what I what I love the most is my relation with the the actor and the mm-hmm. the acting part. So I have more contact with my actor now than I have at the time when it was practical. Here, my guys, the, the three, three dog and daggies, they're on their knees, but it's three actors. Mm-hmm. And, and we work for days to rehearse and so they can say the line in like very fast all together. Mm-hmm. And, so, and, then, and so I was very happy with the dog and daggies even when they look like a man. Right. You know, and then after it's just a bonus, right? For me, uh, do you think you have more of these in you? I mean, I know this was a huge undertaking, but it certainly is obviously a world that can sustain multiple stories. Uh, can we see another installment? You think in the future? Where is the contract? Give it to me. <laughs> I sign it. You're all about it. No, I will. I will be thrilled, and just the fact that Dane and Kara and me and. You know, if we have to do it one more, we will sign today because we will be so happy. We have so much fun of doing it. And it's it's almost the first time I can say that because I've never made a sequel with my films, at least. Right. Not, not as a writer like Taken, but as a director. And But I will be thrilled to, to do it. So, But we have to be humble and, and wait for the results around the world. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I was just going to say, everybody needs to uh, give you and uh, I was going to say your financiers, but I mean, you guys, <laughs> you did this yourself, man. That's what's so impressive. I mean, you and your producing partner, your wife, 
put this movie together outside of Paris up there, and it's just inspiring to see this $180 million independent movie. Uh, it's it's I, have, I have a lot of, uh, you know, when I went in, in New Zealand, uh, Peter Jackson, who is working with his wife also, mm-hmm. and it was an, an very interesting to see during the dinner, like when we start to exchange, you know, experience and stories, and we were laughing so much together that it's it's probably the latest example. The last example was him, in yeah. fact. And same, you know, if Peter can do it with his wife, it in a way it allows you to think that maybe you can. Yeah. You know. Well, congratulations. It's quite a movie, and everyone should go see it to give uh, all the powers that be reason to uh, give you a contract for another one. <laughs> Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. It opens uh, July 21st. Uh, Luke Basson, thanks for coming on the show. really appreciate it. Really welcome. Thank you. This mission is a simple in and out. Agent Valerian, you'll be running solo. I only work with my partner. Hi. We're a team. Go. You're running nearly 20 minutes late. Yeah, well, time flies when you're having fun. Welcome to Alpha. The city of a thousand planets. Where for hundreds of years... Every species has shared their knowledge and their intelligence with each other. It's paradise. After centuries of peace and prosperity, an unknown force wants to destroy all we have created. Agents Valerian and Laureline, you have less than 10 hours to find the threat and eliminate it. Let's get to work. The whole universe is after us. We need the two of you to be the guardians of our future. You sure you know what you're doing? Valerian, trust me. How much time left? Your destiny is in your hands. I taught him how to do that. 